So welcome to the Live to Shoot Podcast. I'm Jeff Dowell, and I've been a licensed uh, firearm dealer for 13 years, and I'm passionate about supporting our Second Amendment rights. In this podcast, we'll cover various topics related to the Second Amendment, plus any other topics of the day that are interesting or relevant. Might even slip in a sports story or movie topic occasionally. I hope that you find this podcast informative, and you can always take away something, at least a little nugget each week that you didn't know. So it's been another crazy week. Last weekend, Chase and I were in Houston playing baseball, and Seth was in Cleveland. Seth was playing. He took a fastball off his ankle, and it really looked bad. It looked like he'd broken his foot. But on Monday, we took him to the doctor, and there isn't a fracture, but it is badly bruised. So praises for that. And he might actually get to play in the last tournament, which is next week. Chase and I, on the other hand, have been traveling the state of Texas, and this week we are in Conroe, Texas, playing. I'm recording this from the Hampton Inn. In Conroe, as we speak, we will be here at least uh, through Saturday. I can't wait till we can at least have a, a weekend without without baseball. That'll be enjoyable, as much as I love baseball. So there's a lot that we could talk about, but I want to step away from our current day issues and go back at the, in time and talk about some of the history for around the, the Second Amendment. I might actually, though, record another episode tomorrow or Friday about the McCloskey affair that's going on right now in St. Louis as things develop there. But as people go back and try and interpret what our our founders meant when they said, quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So let's look at what was going on and being done in, in some of the states as it pertains to either their own laws at the time of, of the revolution or prior to, or what their uh, state constitutions might have even said. So, and also I want to just note that I'm getting most of this information from a book called The Founders, Second Amendment, Origins of the Right to Bear Arms by uh, Stephen Holbrook. So let's look at Georgia. In pre-revolutionary Georgia, the legislation required every man who was able to it said, quote, unquote, quote, shall provide for himself and keep always in readiness and carry with him on patrol service a good gun or pistol. So in Georgia, they required their citizens to be armed and always ready. In New York, uh, the New York Constitution of 1776 said, it is the duty of every man who enjoys the protection of society to be prepared and willing to defend it. This convention therefore doth ordain, determine, and declare that the militia of the state at all time hereafter, as well in peace as as in wall, shall be armed and disciplined and in readiness for service. And then a statute was passed in 1787 and declared that no citizen of this state shall be constrained to arm himself. Vermont in 1777, Vermont adopted a Declaration of Rights that said that the people have a right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state, and as standing armies in the time of peace are dangerous to liberty, thou ought not be kept up. So Vermont could not have been clear that they intended the rights to be of an individual right in standing armies during peacetime were dangerous. Massachusetts. Massachusetts Constitution of 1780 included a Declaration of Rights as well. It stated, the people have a right to keep their arms for the common defense, and as in time of peace armies are dangerous to liberty, they ought not be maintained without the consent of legislature. New Hampshire. 
1784, New Hampshire adopted a Bill of Rights which included these articles. Article 2. All men have certain natural, essential, and inherent rights, among which are the enjoying and defending of life and liberty. Article 24 stated a well-regulated militia is a, is a proper, natural, and sure defense of the state. And Article 25, right after it said standing armies are dangerous to liberty and ought not be raised or kept up. So obviously a militia was not a standing army in New Hampshire. Connecticut and Rhode Island. Connecticut and Rhode Island didn't, it chose not to adopt any formal Constitution or Bill of Rights after independence was declared. But Connecticut had a law in force that required all mages, all male aged ages 16 through 50 to bear arm or, or required to bear arm. Also, citizens were required to come armed to the watch and ward. In Rhode Island, just before Lexington Concord, the Newport Mercury paper urged readers to arm themselves for every patrol, for every patriot will prepare himself to defense against every invader. So you can tell when you go back to the time of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and look at all the other documents of the time, it is clear what the Founders' intentions were. In many of these documents, they use the same language, and by looking at this context, it is clear that the militia was just a group of individuals and not a standing army. Also, it was normal to expect the citizens to be armed. So if anyone ever challenges you that the right to bear arms was only meant for the militia slash army and not private citizens, you can show it was obviously that was not the intent. So thanks for listening, and... Thanks for everybody that responded to the survey I sent out. I got a lot of response. I'm going to compile those results, and I'll send those out to those people that stated they want to see them. Like I said, I'm going to probably try and do a, a another episode on the McCloskeys here coming soon. But um, subscribe. Write this podcast as five stars. And thank you, and continue to fight on.